Ladies, May 24th, Woo! we have She Gathering coming up. You guys better get a little bit more excited than that because you know what, we like to have an amazing, amazing time. And so you don't wanna miss out on that. As you're leaving today, why don't you guys just grab some invite cards, invite your, your mom, your sister, your friend, your coworker, I don't care who it is, just get them here because we like to have some fun. So make sure you guys are coming and checking that out. Well, happy Mother's Day. We have an incredible treat for you guys this morning. I have one of my very, very, very best dearest, most wonderful, amazing friend here with me this morning. We have been friends for the last 17 or 18 years, and we've walked through this journey of life together. And I have seen this woman walk through so many trials and so many situations with such incredible faith and determination. And I know that there's been so many ups and downs in life and things that I've walked through myself. And let me tell you, there is nothing like having a friend that is by your side that will pull you up out of your mess, but will also sit down and cry with you in your mess. And she has been that friend for me and her and her husband, Jordan, have been the nearest and dearest friends of TJ and I for, for a very long time. And so why don't you guys help me in welcoming my friend, Kristen Becknell. Oh, good morning, good morning, good morning. How y'all doing, Coastal Community Church? You happy to be in church this Sunday? Come on, look at your neighbor. Tell them it's going to be a good Sunday. Look at your other neighbor that you totally ignored. And tell them it's going to be a good Sunday. It's such an honor, uh, truly an honor to be here with you today. Uh, Shayla mentioned um, Jordan, my husband Jordan and I, we have known them for a lot of years and have lived a lot of life together. And uh, I am so thankful for them. Uh, you got to know how incredible your pastors are. I don't, I have the privilege of seeing them in, in maybe ways that you don't see them, but I have to tell you that they are the most genuine, authentic, sacrificial, selfless, generous, loving people who love God and love you. And I tell you, you are so blessed. You are so incredibly blessed. And I'll never forget, we, we met them, uh, or I met them. I had just moved to Florida. I'm originally, my husband and I both are originally from Louisiana. And I just moved to Florida after we got married. My husband and I um, are a part of a church up in the Bradenton, Sarasota area called Bayside Community Church. And TJ and Shayla were there at the time. And, and uh, I get there, and, and my husband Jordan says, babe, I think I maybe found some people that may Maybe we can be friends with. I'm not still not sure. And here we are 17, 18 years later. And we had the privilege of doing ministry together at Bayside. And I brought something with me that I thought that y'all would like. How many of you know, okay, Pastor TJ is not here, so it's okay that I do this. Um, so how many of you know he will do pretty much anything to make sure that people know that God loves them? I mean, it doesn't, I mean, he will make him, it don't matter how he looks, he will do anything. So, um, I even heard he got a little crazy last weekend. I, I heard there was like an illustration, I'm not sure. Uh, okay, so, 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 I don't know how we did it, but years ago, um, we talked him into doing a music video. Now, there are a lot of things that your pastor does well, but singing is not one of them. Um, but we wanted to take this Justin Timberlake song, and since we didn't have TJ, JT, we had TJ, we 
today, we said, uh, let's go ahead and see how he does it. So I brought a clip. Okay, this is your pastor. All right, play, play what we got. Now, what you don't know is that I faded to black, um, and what's behind black is just pure gold. And so you just got to take my word for it. Uh, it is truly an honor to be here with you this Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. Um, no matter uh, what made you, who made you mom, it, it could be your child, maybe it's your niece or your nephew or, or a spiritual child that you have. What you do, the seen and the unseen, it matters, um, and it makes a difference, and um, you, you are truly making a difference. So thank you for giving and serving and living the sacrificial life that mothers and mother figures do. Um, and so so great to have you with us in church this weekend. How many of you uh, could say, yeah, Kristen, uh, sometimes life doesn't go quite as planned. Anybody in here? Uh, I'm a planner. I like to plan things. Um, I like when things go according to my plan. But sometimes life does not go according to plan. I'll never forget, uh, it was November 7th, 2013. My husband and I, uh, our our oldest son, Cohen, was three years old, and I was pregnant with our second, our daughter. And I had a scheduled C-section. I mean, I was ready to go. It was planned. Um, I knew exactly when I was going to pack my bag, and I was going to walk into that hospital and have my makeup on, and it was going to be great. Well, I was at work that day, and I started not feeling right. And um, so I... A co-worker of mine said, Kristen, maybe you should just go to the hospital and just, just have them check you out. And I said, I mean, I'll do it because you won't let me stop. But I am not in labor. I have a scheduled C-section date three weeks from now. This is not what this is. So I go to the hospital, and what do you suppose happened? Um, I, I even told my husband, don't come. Like, I'm not going into labor. Don't come. So I get there. The doctor says, yes, so we're going to go ahead and start prepping the OR. We're going to have the baby in about two hours. I call my husband, get here right now. This is not a false alarm. Uh, So uh, two hours later, uh, we welcomed our daughter, Charlotte, into the world. I actually brought a picture of when she was born, if you guys want to throw that up there. Cohen, our son, was three. He's now eight. Um, And that was our daughter. uh, That is our daughter, Charlotte. And um, uh, it was such a, a, a joyous day. Well, about a week later, um, I got thrown one of those life-size curveballs. Um, we go in to the pediatrician for our one-week checkup, and we hear the pediatrician say two words that uh, have completely altered our, our life, and those words were Down syndrome. I had no idea. Um, no idea. And, and it was a lot to take in, as, as you can imagine. It was a whole lot to take in. And so I began to go on this journey with the Lord. You know, sometimes life doesn't look like the way that we expect it. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not good. It doesn't mean that it's not perfect, and it doesn't mean that it's not God's plan, but sometimes it looks not like the way we pictured and the way we expected, and it begins, it causes us to question things. And I, I, I began to go on this journey with the Lord, and, this, and the Lord took me onto such a loving 
um, patient, graceful journey with him. And begin to show me things and and do a a work in my heart as I begin to see our daughter just grow and and the, the, the beautiful gift that she is. But I had no idea that the journey that I was on and what the Lord was doing in me was actually preparing me for another life size curveball. You see, when Charlotte was a year and a half old, my husband and I found ourselves waiting on another phone call from a doctor. And this time it was from a different doctor. Um, I remember that it was June 2nd of 2015. And the phone rang, and, and, and I grabbed it, and my husband and I went into our bedroom, and we sat down on this little green sofa that we have in our room, and uh, we answered the phone and put the doctor on speaker, and we sat there as we heard this doctor tell us that our one-and-a-half-year-old baby girl had been diagnosed with leukemia. And um, what do you do? What do you do when life comes at you with all of its force. You didn't see it coming. You didn't expect it. You didn't plan it. Certainly wasn't your choice or your desire. What do you do? Well, we did what we only knew to do, and we literally fell on the carpet in front of us and just bawled our eyes out until there were no more tears left to cry. And then we had a choice. We could stay on the carpet, which would do no one, including our daughter, any good. Or we would have to muster up enough faith and strength to say, God, I don't get it. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why we prayed for months that the results of these tests would not yield the outcome that we just heard. But I can either stay here or I can stand up and I can believe that even though the circumstances and the situations that I face right now, even though they don't match what I know is in your word, God, I'm going to choose to believe your word over what is staring me in the face. And so we got up and we began this journey of leukemia. I brought a picture. Um, can you switch to that next picture? That is Charlotte. <laughs> Had a year and a half. And she has no idea that that machine is, is putting chemotherapy drugs in her little body. It was a journey that, oh man, it, it came out of nowhere. And I don't know what you came in here today with. I don't know perhaps what, what part of life is staring you in the face. Now, maybe you came in here today, and it's Mother's Day, and it's a great day for so many women. But for so many women, it is the hardest day. Women and men, it brings sometimes feelings of loss and pain and, and, and fear. It can be such a difficult day. I, I don't know if you walked in here carrying some of that. Perhaps you walked in here, and you're in the middle of a crisis It's been a crisis time in your life. Something happened. Your spouse left you. You you lost your job. You've been left and you didn't see it coming and you didn't do anything to cause it or deserve it. And it just hit you in the face. Perhaps you came in here with something like that. Maybe you came in here today and, and you've made some decisions 
that have put you in a season or in a position that you never imagined yourself in, whatever the case may be, you need to know that first, you're not alone where you are. You need to know that. It doesn't matter if life threw a curveball at you or, or you put yourself there. It, it, it doesn't matter. God loves you. I love the series and that we're in and, and these ideas we've been talking about are so true that, that God doesn't care about our messes. We all have them and, and he loves us even in our messes. It's okay to not be okay sometimes. It's okay. But, but, but we, we don't want to stay there. When we're faced with these things, we don't want to stay face down on the ground. We've got to be able to get up. We've got to be able to muster up enough strength to say, God, it doesn't make sense. I I, I don't know why. I don't see you in this. But I know that you say that what the enemy meant for harm, you will turn around for good. I know that you say that in this world I will have trouble and I'm in the middle of trouble. But it says that take heart, you have overcome the world. So I don't know how and I don't know when. But God, I'm going to get up off this floor and I'm going to believe what you say. I want to dive into a passage of scripture with you, if you're willing. And we're going to look at a man in the Bible who was known for believing God. He found himself in a situation where life looked a certain way. And in the middle of that time, God spoke to him. And and what God spoke did not match the situation that he was in. But he chose to believe God anyway. And the Bible tells us that it was counted to him as righteous. And so we're going to look at this life of this man. And his name is Abraham. Perhaps you've heard about Abraham or read about him. Abraham is is a patriarch of our faith. But let me give you a little bit of context of where we're going to jump in. We're going to jump in in the book of Genesis. And we're kind of in the middle-ish, beginning middle-ish of the life of Abraham. One thing you need to know, though, is that God gave him the name Abraham. It wasn't always Abraham. Before God changed his name, his name was Abram. And the passage that we're going to pick up in Genesis 15, he had not yet been given a new name. His name it was still Abram. And Abram is, is well in years. Um, right before we come into the story, we learn that Abram had been uh, told, uh, God had spoken to him and, and said, Abram, I know that you've been living in this land that your father settled in, but it's time that you get up and you take your wife and your family and your possessions and you move to the land of Canaan, the land that I have for you. Bible tells us that Abram was about 75 years old when this happened. His wife was well along in years as well, and, and she had not been able to have any children. And they were both well past the child-bearing uh, age at this time. And so they took their family and their possessions, and they began to make the journey to Canaan. We're going to pick up and we're going to read a passage of Scripture. While, while in Abram's obedience, the Lord spoke to him. So here's what it says in Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? 
Since you've given me no children, Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. God, I hear that you're saying you want to bless me, but I don't know if you see what I see. Because what I see is that I have no children. So what good are the blessings that you have? I see that you want to provide for me financially, but I don't know if you see what my checkbook looks like. God, I, I see that, that you, you say that you want to heal all my diseases, but I don't know if you were in that doctor's room when they gave me the report a couple weeks ago. I, I, God, I know that you said that you have a plan and a purpose and, and, and for my marriage, but I don't know if you really saw the conversation or the fight that we had last week. So it's not, that's great that you're saying that, God, but I don't see it. So... Abraham responds to God, and then the Lord says to him, You know what, Abram? That's okay that you don't see it. But you got to know I don't see it the way that you see it. I understand that that's what's in front of you, but it's not what I see. And what I see is so much greater and so much bigger than what you see. And the Lord begins to respond to Abram, and he says, Abram, you've got it wrong, but... I love you, but you got it wrong. Your servant's not going to be your heir. You will have a son of your own who will be your heir. And then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Abram, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. You're not going to be able to. Because, Abram, I'm so much bigger than you know. I'm so much bigger than the situation and the circumstance that's in front of you. I'm so much bigger than the problem that you are facing. I did all this. I can handle this. Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you'll have. All right, here's the game changer. In that moment, the Lord gave Abram a promise. And that promise did not match the situation and the circumstance that he was in. But here's the game changer in verse 6. Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. In spite of the facts that were surrounding him, Abram made a decision to believe God. See, this is a journey that I had to go on. I got thrown some life-size curveballs. How am I going to catch Down syndrome? How am I going to catch leukemia? God, how do I do this? How do I stand up and believe you over what is staring at me in the face? Maybe you find yourself in that place today. For whatever reason, how do we do that? I want to encourage us with three thoughts from the life of Abraham in this passage that we just read. The first one, if you're taking notes, is... Sometimes you and I need to step outside. Verse 5 told us that the Lord took Abram outside. You see, Abram made the decision to believe the Lord, but it was not until after he stepped outside. Sometimes we need to make a decision 
to step outside of our environment, outside of the circumstance that we're facing, the thing that is staring us in the face so that we can hear what God's word says for us. I'll never forget, I was in the hospital uh, one day with Charlotte, and I had one of those overwhelming days. Anybody ever had an overwhelming day? Oh, man. I mean, it it could be for a number of reasons. You could just be a a mom who has had no adult interaction all day, and it's very overwhelming. Um, So I had an overwhelming day, and I don't even remember the circumstances that surrounded it, but the whole thing was just overwhelming. And uh, I was was having, like, a a moment, and I needed to step outside. Well, I'm in the hospital room, so where am I supposed to go? I can't go outside, so go to the bathroom. It's where every mom goes when she wants a moment of silence. Just lock that door behind you. You can't touch me in here. Uh, So I go to the bathroom, and here's what what happened. I walk into the bathroom, and, and I just, I'm broken, and I'm overwhelmed. And I heard the Lord say, Kristen, Honey, I'm going to take care of your baby. I'm going to take care of Charlotte. But here's what I need you to see. You see, there are people on this floor that they don't know me. And so I need you to know that I'm going to take care of Charlotte. I'm going to take care of your baby, but I need you to now take care of mine. And guys, in that minute, my perspective shifted. Like Abraham, I stepped outside and I looked up and I saw, okay, God, you're so much bigger than what I see. I don't want to walk through this. This isn't how I would have pictured it, but okay. I'm going to believe that what the enemy meant for harm, what the enemy meant to destroy, what the enemy meant to kill, you will turn it around somehow for good. And I'm going to choose to believe you. You see, God has a lot to say about our lives, about our relationships, our marriages, our our purpose, our finances. But we've got to step outside so that we can hear him. Because if we stay stuck in our mess, if we stay stuck in our fear, all we hear is that. All we see is that. But when we step outside, we can gain a brand new perspective. And here's why it's so important. Proverbs chapter 4 tells us, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words and don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. You see, God's word brings life to your dead situation. It's for you. So Abram, Abraham heard, he stepped outside and he heard the promise of God. It didn't match the situation, but that doesn't matter. That's not how God works. And so Abram heard, but Abram didn't just stop there. Abram took it a step further and Abram believed that God's word was for him. And you and I have got to do that. We have got to actually believe that God's word is for me. It's not just for your neighbor. It's for you too. It's for you. But sometimes believing God's word for our situations, it's hard. It's easier said than done. Sometimes it's easier to encourage someone, well, don't worry, the Bible says. But then when it's your own life, All you see 
Is the giant curveball that was thrown or the big mess that you got yourself in? And you can't tell yourself, okay, even though this happened, the Bible says, but I'm telling you, God's word is for you. And the Bible teaches us how we can build up our faith in, in, in this. And it's found in the book of Romans in chapter 10, verse 17. It says, faith comes from hearing That is hearing the good news about Christ. See, faith is built when we hear God's word. We hear hear God speak through the word of God. The more that we are in it, the more that we read it, the more our faith is built. And the more that we are able to believe what God says is for us regardless of what the situation is that is staring us in our face. And what you've got to know is that there is something for you in God's word. There are over 7,000 promises in the word of God. And there's something that matches what you're facing now, what you faced in the past, and what you will face. But you've got to go after it. And you've got to choose to believe that it's for you. Perhaps you, you came in here today and, and you're questioning if, if you are even worthy to sit in this room because you feel like you have made so many decisions that just, that, listen, that couldn't be further from the truth. That's called condemnation, and that's not of God. The truth is, in Romans 8, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, and the new is here. You are a child of God. You are son and daughter, and you've been bought with a price. Perhaps you're in here, and you're battling with fear and, and anxiety. Well, that's not the truth. You may be facing something that is scary. Leukemia is scary. But First Timothy says that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We have got to not just step outside so that we can hear God's word, but we also have to believe that God's word is for us and for our situations. We entered the hospital on June 4th, so just two days later after giving that, getting that call and. Um, it was, a, it was a, a pretty aggressive six months. We basically lived in the hospital. Um, and and I, am, I am so humbled, so, so humbled that I can tell you today and stand here that I have seen God's goodness and faithfulness and that Charlotte is completely healed, that she is three and a half years cancer-free, She's five. She starts kindergarten this fall. I brought a picture of our family. Here we go. I'm so thankful. But I tell you, the journey, it wasn't easy. And honestly, this journey of life isn't. And this journey of faith isn't. And my story keeps going. And and life keeps happening. But no matter what it is, I, I have to remember that God is so much bigger than what I see. God is so much bigger than the hurt and the pain that I experience. God sees things completely different. Why things happen the way that they happen, I, I don't know. Uh, we live in a messed up world. I prayed I knew what we were getting tested for. I prayed, God, don't let this be the diagnosis of leukemia. But 
It happened. Paul, in the book of Romans, writes about Abraham's life. And in, in, in Romans 4, 18, Paul writes, Even when there was no reason for hope. Have you ever been in a place where it looks like there's just no reason to hope? It's desperate. You're desperate. But even when Abraham had no reason to hope, he kept hoping. He kept believing that he would become the father of many nations because God had said that's how many descendants you would have. I want to encourage you with this final thought that I don't know why life goes the way that it goes. And, and, and I won't ever know this side of heaven. But I know that I want to believe God even when it doesn't go my way. And my encouragement to you is that, that we would all be people who believe God even when it doesn't go our way. Sometimes we just lose sight of God's faithfulness when things don't go as expected. When things don't go as planned, when things don't look the way that we thought they were going to look. But as I mentioned earlier, God tells us that he works all things together for good. In Isaiah it says, I don't think the way that you think. The way you work, it's not the way I work. I know what you see, but I see different. I know what you think the outcome is going to be, but I know different. I know that you think that your purpose has ended, but it's just beginning. Because I think different than you think. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way that I work. It surpasses, it's bigger, it's greater than the way that you work and the way that I think is beyond the way that you think. When things don't go my way, and I've had things not go my way, it doesn't mean that I can't trust God. It just means that God sees differently than I do. It means that we live in a fallen and a broken world. But what I know is that I'm never alone, and what I know is that you're never alone. And whatever the situation and the circumstance, the mess, whether the curveball got thrown to you or you plopped yourself right down in the middle, it doesn't matter. God knows you. He knows your name. He created you. He knows how many hairs are on your head, and he loves you. And he has a plan and a purpose, even in the most difficult moments that you might be facing. And I believe that he wants you to believe him and to believe his word above anything else you might be seeing. He loves you. He is faithful. He can't not be faithful. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, thank you for your faithfulness and for your goodness. Thank you for your promises. And even when it looks like we're surrounded with difficulties and we're surrounded with circumstances that we don't understand and that don't make sense, God, you're in the middle of them. You never leave us. You never forsake us. God, help us to be people like Abraham. Help us to be people that believe you above anything that we are faced with.
Help us to be people that have the strength to step outside of our our situation so that we can gain a new perspective, so that we can hear the voice of our Father. God, would you speak to those of us in here that are walking through something that doesn't make sense? God, you know their names and you know their faces, and I know that they are in here right now. God, the people that are in here that something has come their way, and it has been so far out of left field, and they're broken, and they're hurt, and they're angry, and they're confused. God, would you meet them right in the middle of where they are right now? And God, would you speak? God, because when you speak, mountains move. God, when you speak, the earth shakes. God, whatever the situation is, God, would you shake it? Would you move in it? Would you do a miracle? Would you bring healing? In Jesus' name, God, let us be a people that believe you above anything else, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, with your head still bowed and your eyes still closed very quickly. Perhaps you're in here today and, and you, don't, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And, and today you've heard him and you've heard him knocking on the door of your heart. And, and whether you've never accepted him before and today is the first time or maybe you have had a relationship with him at some point and, and uh, you've kind of fallen away but you want to come back. Your heavenly father is here with loving, open arms. He doesn't care where you've been. He doesn't care what you've done. You are his son and your daughter, his daughter, and there's nothing that you could do that would make him not love you. And so if that's you in here today, and you want to make what I believe is the best decision of your life, and that's to make Jesus Lord of your life. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not come up to the front, not embarrass you, not call you out, but I just want to be able to pray with you. If that's you in here today, will you slip up your hand all across this room? Thank you, Jesus. Would you pray this prayer in your heart, whether you raised your hand or wish you raised your hand? God sees your heart and he knows your name. God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. God, I ask that you would forgive me of my sin and you would give me a fresh start and a clean start today. The old is gone and the new is here. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth, Jesus, you are Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me freedom and victory. And thank you for the new life that I have in you. In the name of Jesus and everybody said, amen. Amen. Amen.